0: Episode 6, Party On! You seem to have the paleo thing down pat at home and even when you eat out at a restaurant. But do you know how to handle yourself as a gracious guest at a potluck, party, or barbecue? Don't worry, we'll fill you in on how to be the best guest ever and you'll probably get a return invite.
1: Welcome to our program. This is the Non-Non Paleo Show with Michelle Tam and Henry Fong and the Double O's. Join us as we go behind the scenes and reveal how we make a real food lifestyle fun, sustainable, and non tastic
0: We're the food nerds behind Nom Nom Paleo, the award-winning food blog, app, and cookbook.
2: And we're also the parents of two growing boys, Big O Hello. and Lillo. Oh,
0: Hello.
1: Hi. Hi. Whatever.
0: And they're the reason we do what we do.
2: So, Michelle, while I was away on business this week, what did you eat?
0: I made green chicken, and I found out that you can freeze it.
2: What do you mean you found out that you can freeze it?
0: Well, I'm terrible at meal planning, and when people ask me, do you know how to do any freezer meals? My answer is always no, because I just don't plan ahead to do freezer meals. But while you were away, I happened to make three batches of my sister's green chicken.
2: All at once?
0: All at once, I was cooking it for a video that I'll talk about later if it ever comes to light. So we had three batches of chicken, and that's because for the video, I had to show the chicken in different stages. And so I ended up having enough chicken to serve 18 people, but I was only feeding two adults and three children. And even though we all love chicken, there's only so much chicken we can eat. And so I cooked off two of the batches of chicken And we actually ate one batch of it and we still had a whole batch left over that we stored in the refrigerator. And then we had one batch of uncooked chicken because that was kind of our stand-in to show, hey, this is what it looks like when you marinate the chicken.
2: And that uncooked batch was still in the Ziploc bag, I imagine, with all the marinade.
0: Yeah, and I didn't want to like roast off another tray. And so I was like, huh, I will stick it in the freezer and see what happens.
2: And how'd it turn out?
0: Well, a few days later... I think it was like this past weekend when we had just come back and we had nothing to eat. It's like, oh, I have some marinated green chicken in the freezer. And even though it was not defrosted, I was like, I want to run this under hot water. We're just going to defrost this fast and then we're going to bake it off and see what happens.
2: And what happened?
0: It was good. It totally works. I mean, I think next time I probably would take it out of the freezer a day in advance and let it defrost in the fridge because it's kind of a pain to run it under hot water to defrost.
2: Tell me a little bit about thawing things under hot water. I know that you've done this before with frozen meats and other stuff that comes right out of the freezer. There have been some questions from blog readers about how safe this is from a food safety perspective.
0: I totally understand being worried about whether it's safe because I am worried about that kind of stuff, too. It's not like I'm going to serve my family a big bowl of steaming bad bacteria.
2: I should hope not.
0: (laughs) There's an article that I always refer to in The New York Times by Harold McGee, who is one of my favorite writers about the science behind cooking. He reported that I think there was some study at UC Davis where they actually studied whether it was safe to defrost frozen meat under hot water.
2: And not directly under hot water. This is frozen meat that's in some sort of packaging.
0: Right. If it's already vacuum sealed and they put it in a temperature controlled bath. So I think they dunked it in like a sous vide machine at different temperatures. And they found that at even like 140 degrees, which is way hotter than your faucet can get, that it was totally okay. Like if you defrosted your meat for 30 minutes or however long it took to thaw. But the one thing he did note is that it does need to be smaller pieces of meat. You can't try to defrost a giant pork roast, which is six, seven pounds, but you can defrost steaks, you can defrost some chicken breasts or some chicken thighs. And that's what I had. I had a bunch of drumsticks that needed defrosting. So I just ran it underwater. Because we are in California and there is a drought, that's probably not the best way to do it. But Desperate times call for desperate measures.
2: So last week, we talked a lot about desperation dinners, and this was sort of a desperation dinner.
0: It is, and what it taught me is that when you do have time to cook, you really should do a double batch. So the next time I do green chicken or any of my other marinated chicken recipes, I'm going to do double the batch and freeze one and cook one. You
2: no, know, another option, which our friend Jackie has pointed out to us before, is particularly with the green chicken recipe, you can make just extra marinade and freeze that separately and use that marinade on all sorts of different meats, vegetables, etc.
0: Right. Because sometimes you don't have an extra batch of chicken drumsticks. But if you just make extra sauce and you freeze that, then you can use that the next time you have extra chicken.
2: I also like that for our desperation dinner this past weekend, you served a spicy mango cabbage slaw that was inspired by a photograph on Instagram.
0: Yep, my sister's photograph on Instagram. As I mentioned, I think in the last podcast, my sister is one of my biggest culinary inspirations. And so I look at her feet. I'm like, wow, look at that amazing salad. I tried to whip it up and I'm still working on the recipe. But as soon as I've perfected it, I will put it up on nomnompaleo.com.
2: Or we'll just keep it a secret for ourselves to enjoy and never share it with the
1: world. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: main course so what we're gonna dish about today is how to handle yourself at a party with the school year coming to an end and summer barbecues looming potlucks are on the horizon of course if you're the host of the party you can keep it pretty paleo and most of your guests even if they happen to not be paleo won't even know it but that's a different situation because you are in control Today, we're going to talk about non-paleo potlucks filled with non-paleo foods and people that you like and want to stay close with. If you're new to paleo, you may be wondering how to maneuver this potentially stressful situation with a cool head.
2: I know I do, but of course, I don't even get invited to parties anymore. Whatever. Well, I guess we do get invited to some parties. It's just interesting how few of them are actually hosted by paleo eaters.
0: Well, that's because most of our friends and family aren't paleo.
2: I think that's surprising to a lot of people who meet us through Nom Nom Paleo. They sort of assume that everyone we know and are associated with eat the way we do.
0: No, not at all. In fact, when our friends and family come over, I kind of force them to eat paleo. But when we get invited to other places, it's whatever is served.
2: I will say that over the years, our friends and family have been really, really considerate about our dietary choices. But that doesn't mean that every party we go to has our dietary limitations in mind. Nor should they.
0: Yeah, and I don't expect people to cater to my specialized diet. And so, what we're going to talk about today are what you can bring to parties that you're invited to, how you can prepare for those parties ahead of time, and what to do when you're actually at the party. Party on, Michelle. Party on, Henry. Ditter, ditter,
1: ditter. Ditter.
0: That was our lame attempt at imitating Wayne's world. Did we just totally date ourselves? <laughs> Anyway, so let's talk about what you can bring to a party. So even if you're invited to someone's house, I think it's always nice to volunteer to bring something because that way you can be sure that there will be something there that you can eat Plus, you'll probably get reinvited to this person's house because it's really nice that you're bringing, like, a tasty dish.
2: Win-win. You bring something nice, the host thinks you're awesome, but you're really doing it for selfish purposes.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm happy to do it, right? Because I'm happy to have them have less of a load, and this way I can eat something.
2: Give us some ideas of dishes that you bring to parties that everyone will enjoy and no one will actually suspect is actually paleo.
0: For example, if you're assigned a salad... I mean, that one's super easy. You can just make a giant salad and you can add proteins and nuts and avocados and make a nice paleo dressing. A popular one that I like to bring, especially at the end of summer, is just a tomato and basil salad with some nice sea salt and my favorite aged balsamic and olive oil. And you can never go wrong with a fruit salad.
2: Everyone loves fruit salad.
0: Yeah, especially your family. I think Chinese people just love fruit.
2: My family really likes fruit salad, but for whatever reason, they also like fruit salad mixed with Miracle Whip.
0: That's why I like to bring a non-Miracle whipped fruit salad as well, just is, for a variety.
2: Is Miracle Whip mayonnaise?
0: I don't know. It's got zing. I don't know what's in there.
2: No wonder my family likes it. They're all about the zing. Yep. Okay, other than salads, what else would you suggest bringing?
0: Well, finger foods and appetizers are always a big hit. I have a really easy recipe for a simple crab salad in dive Spears. That makes it really fancy. Uh, my Asian meatballs are fantastic. You can have a whole tray of them with toothpicks.
2: What makes them Asian?
0: Uh, I made them. <laughs> and you're Asian? And I'm Asian. And it has Asian flavoring because it has a little fish sauce for umami and some coconut aminos. They also have shiitake mushrooms, so it makes it seem very Asian-y. What else? Prosciutto wrapped mini frittata muffins are popular prosciutto wrapped broiled asparagus is also popular
2: basically prosciutto wrapped anything is super popular
0: yeah because prosciutto is just like fancy bacon
2: some people have asked is prosciutto paleo
0: it all depends on the brand but most prosciutto should only be made out of pork and salt my favorite brand is la quercia it's a company based in iowa and it's just really fantastic clean ingredients and it tastes delicious too And then everybody loves chicken wings. So I have a chili lime chicken wing recipe, magic wings.
2: What makes them magical?
0: Magic mushroom powder.
2: Ah, the magic mushroom powder.
0: Yeah, it's my favorite seasoning blend.
2: Magic wings are just dusted with magic mushroom powder and roasted off.
0: Mm -hmm. That's why magic mushroom powder is magical. You can put it on anything.
2: We've talked about the magic mushroom powder before in our episode on umami, but the recipe can be found on nomnompaleo.com.
0: And you want to hear something that I just found out the other day? What? Justin Breda of the Glitch Mob, the coolest electronic band in the world, actually made my magic mushroom powder for Christmas and gave them out as gifts. Nice. I know. Pretty cool, huh?
2: (laughs) So it was the fangirl squee.
0: Yeah, isn't it? That's not, that's unseemly for someone who's 40. (laughs) (laughs) Two other appetizers slash finger foods I really like are my paleo shrimp stuffed mushrooms, which are kind of like shrimp dumpling in a little mushroom.
2: And I know how much you love dim sum.
0: I hate dim sum, but I like these. (laughs) paleo shrimp stuffed mushrooms and then devils on horseback which is a recipe in our cookbook is a super popular crowd favorite
2: the devils on horseback were inspired i remember from a meal we had in Boulder, colorado Mm -hmm. we had devils on horseback at a restaurant called the kitchen
0: yeah except their version actually had cheese in it and i was like i bet i could make this with macadamia nut cheese and we could wrap it with prosciutto and it would be really good
2: and I actually really like your macnut cheese. It's a little bit expensive because macnuts are not cheap, but texturally it really resembles ricotta.
0: And it tastes really good, so I reserve it for the people I really like. If you've had it, you know that I really like you. I've had it. <laughs> so I guess I like you.
2: Okay, so we've talked about salads, we've talked about nibbles and appetizers. What if you're asked to bring a main course to a potluck?
0: Well, that's just rude. <laughs> but, if you, but if you are tasked with bringing a main course, bring Kahlua Pig. Because you can totally make it ahead of time, either in a slow cooker or pressure cooker. And you make this giant pile of delicious meat, and I just bring it in the pot.
2: For those of you who don't know, Kahlua pig is a big deal in our household.
0: I make it probably once a month, but we eat it at least once a week because I make a big pot of it one time and then I will divide it into dinner portions. So I will divide it into four and then I will take it out of the freezer and we will cook it.
2: And we can put it in all sorts of different things. It can go in frittatas, it can go in lettuce cups, it can go in stir fries.
0: Yeah, my favorite thing is to actually just crisp it up and I might put some kind of fancy seasoning salt on it, but it's delicious. It's so great crisped up.
2: That's what we had tonight for dinner.
0: Mm -hmm. With some shallots.
2: What if pork is off the menu?
0: Well, then I go with chicken. Everybody loves chicken, right? So orange sriracha chicken is a recipe that I like to bring to potlucks. If you're serving people who don't like spicy foods, I replace the sriracha with ketchup and it goes over really well.
2: Just regular old Heinz.
0: I'll use the better stuff. I'll use like Sir Kensington, which our friend Sydney thinks is not real ketchup but I actually prefer it to have better ingredients.
2: Sydney thinks that Sir Kensington's ketchup is a tomato-based condiment that is perfectly fine as a tomato-based condiment, but should not be called ketchup.
0: He believes that ketchup should taste the way Malcolm Gladwell says it should taste. And that is just like Heinz ketchup.
2: It is kind of fascinating how if you go to the supermarket, you can find endless varieties of mustard. But really, there's only a couple, maybe two or three brands of ketchup that people will buy.
0: Yeah.
2: Maybe it's time to expand our ketchup horizons.
0: Yeah, or just be a little more open-minded. It doesn't have to taste just like Heinz ketchup.
2: I think that's a message to you, Sydney.
0: Yeah, expand your palate, Sydney.
2: (laughs) Getting back to orange sriracha chicken, tell me a little bit about sriracha, because it's definitely a hot condiment in more ways than one. It is probably... One of the most popular and trendy condiments for good reason. It's delicious.
0: It is. It's almost like a spicy ketchup. I mean, there's something about it that people just love.
2: It's packed with umami for mm-hmm. one.
0: I have two sriracha recipes on our site. One uses a little bit of honey for sweetness and the other is Whole30 compliant because it uses dates as a sweetener. I have to say it tastes pretty good. I mean, I don't know if it's hui fong quality, but I think that it tastes really fresh and it packs umami.
2: And the orange sriracha chicken is especially delicious because it takes the heat of the sriracha, pairs it with the sweetness and the tartness of the citrus. And as you pointed out, chicken is super popular. So you add sweet, spicy, and poultry and- You you got
0: a winner, winner chicken dinner. That's right. I can't believe I just quoted Charlie Sheen.
2: Charlie Sheen aside, let's talk about kid parties. What do you bring if you're tasked with bringing a kid-friendly entree, which probably rules out orange sriracha chicken, to a party filled with rugrats?
0: Remember, you can make the orange sriracha chicken, but use ketchup instead of the sriracha, because I've done that, and it was a big hit. But what I've done at, say, the end of the soccer season is I have fried up a bunch of mini hot dogs, and those are a big hit, as long as you have lots of toothpicks.
2: What hot dog brand do you recommend?
0: I really like Fork in the Road. It's a local company. They use grass-fed beef. There is, I think, a little bit of sugar in there, but I don't stress about the amount of sugar in the hot dogs because I know that the quality of the beef is really good. And the kids love it.
2: What other brands would you choose if you can't find Fork in the Road at your local market?
0: Applegate has some great hot dogs. They don't have mini hot dogs. And for whatever reason, all the kids think there's a huge difference between the mini hot dogs and the big hot dogs just cut up. Um,
2: (laughs) It's true. Of course there is. There's a huge difference.
0: (laughs) To kids, it makes a huge difference. I've actually said, I have regular hot dogs that I can cut up into the same size and I'll give you the toothpaste. Oh, I
2: totally get it. It's the difference between baby carrots and carrots that are cut up. Totally (laughs) different.
0: I I guess so. Maybe they just like more of the skin and the snap. But Applegate has some that I think are great. And I think U.S. Wellness Meats also has hot dogs that are you know, made with great ingredients.
2: You know what this talk of hot dogs reminds me of is last fall, you actually did a series of posts on com about packing kids' lunches.
0: We do that every fall. <laughs>
2: we do that every fall. But there was one particularly memorable meal that I helped you photograph. And it was hot dogs that were split down the middle. Hot so dog as that-
0: the bun. And I have to give credit to the gals behind Flame to Fork. They're the ones that came up with that awesome idea. And they started the hashtag hot dog is the bun. I was like, oh my gosh, that's ingenious. But essentially,
2: it's a hot dog split down the middle, just like you would split a bun down the middle and then just load it up with all your favorite hot dog toppings.
0: Yeah, I, I love that idea.
2: Sauerkraut, mustard, whatever you want.
0: Grilled bell peppers. I mean, you can go crazy.
2: So that's another hot dog-centric, paleo-friendly option you could bring to a party.
0: Yeah, you can totally bring a bunch of hot dogs, split them down the middle, throw them on the grill, and then people can fill it however they want.
2: Okay, let's talk about non-potluck situations. You've been invited to a party, and you have no idea what the food situation is going to be like. What do you do to prepare?
0: Well, I never go super duper hungry. I think when I'm really, really hungry, I don't always make the best choices. Sometimes I'll just eat something even though I know that I'll feel terrible afterwards.
2: Even though they're only serving cupcakes and pizza.
0: Or I just am starving because I choose not to eat that and then I'm just really hungry. So if I'm not sure what the food situation is going to be, I will eat something before I go.
2: There's no crime in doing that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not as hungry as I used to be. I mean, I I just talked about how like, oh, I don't want to be like super hungry. But, you know, I think these days I don't get as hangry as I used to be. If I don't get to eat for an hour or two, I'm okay. I can kind of wait until I get home or I have better options to eat.
2: I like how you use the word hangry, just assuming that everybody knows what that means.
0: Yeah, that just means that you get so angry because you're so hungry. That used to happen a lot with you. It did, but not anymore.
2: No, and I I know a lot of people who get hangry. I remember one particular dinner companion, not you, who actually sat across from me in a restaurant and told me that she would not talk to me until the food arrived because she was that hungry.
0: She was going to bite your head off. Probably. I remember what that was like. I used to have that problem. but I don't think I do anymore. But it all depends on how long the party is. So if it's a super long party and you haven't eaten, I say it's totally okay to sneak a snack in your purse and just go to the bathroom and eat it. Seriously? Well, I mean, if you (laughs) can't, I mean, I'm not really good about intermittent fasting. Like I've tried it. And so let's say I'm really hungry and we've been at this party for a really long time. I might eat something from my bag in the bathroom I in mean, I'm the not gonna, bathroom well i'm not gonna do it in front of the host and say oh your food isn't good enough for me i'm gonna eat this piece of jerky but if i'm in the bathroom no one knows you can turn on the water and stuff
2: <laughs> and go through their medicine cabinet. no
0: no you wouldn't go through you would just eat your jerky and then go back out and be smiling and charming <laughs> so let's talk about what you do at the party
2: besides hiding in the bathroom
0: Besides hiding in the bathroom, because you should go out and mingle.
2: Instead of eating your jerky in the bathroom.
0: Right. Let's say you also brought something to the party, right? So you know that you have at least that that you can eat. But I always like to kind of case the joint and kind of check out what's on the table. Even if there's nothing to eat, I've found that almost every party has a veggie platter that nobody touches. And that is perfect for you. You can just go to town on that veggie platter.
2: (laughs) Yum. Crudités all night.
0: Well, I mean, tons of fiber, and that'll fill you up until you can go somewhere else.
2: Just don't go crazy with the ranch dressing.
0: Yeah. You can almost always find something that you can eat. Because in actuality, you don't want to be a real pain about it unless there are life-threatening allergies. Even if someone is being super pushy about pushing some food on you, I remember learning something from our good friend Melissa Julwan, the author of Well-Fed and Well-Fed 2.0 two of my favorite cookbooks ever. I remember her advice was, if someone ever offers you something that you don't want to eat, just say, not right now.
2: Not right now.
0: And say it with a smile, like, not right now. Not right now. It's the perfect phrase because it's not like you're rejecting their food. It's just not right now. It could be later. It could be later, and there's no reason to push you further because you're saying, well, maybe I'll have it later.
2: And that later could turn into a never, but the host doesn't know it.
0: Right. Or you could just say, no, thank you. But sometimes I know that doesn't work. It doesn't always work with my dad.
2: Our brother-in-law, Chris, has actually come up with the perfect tactic for dealing with pushy in-laws that force food onto his plate.
0: With love, of course. With love. Yeah, and we learned about this because he taught it to Owen. And then Owen taught us about it. And I thought it was the funniest thing ever. So whenever we would eat at a Chinese banquet and we would have like a bunch of different dishes, my dad would serve everybody.
2: And your dad has a habit of overloading people's plates with food, regardless of whether they actually want the food.
0: Yes, out of love. I actually didn't realize that Chris hates soup. (laughs) because I always assumed he drank it and it turns out he would accept the soup and then he would pretend he was drinking by just making the motion of the spoon in a circle in his bowl and he would bring it to his mouth and then he'd bring it down so it was kind of like this kind of Ferris wheel motion (laughs) but then he wouldn't actually drink it
2: Ingenious "That's,
0: That's ingenious and then my dad wouldn't give him extra because there was always something still left in his bowl
2: How did he explain the full bowl of soup?
0: I don't know. Maybe he explained that he got a refill or this was the second. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, I think my dad didn't notice it because he didn't make a big deal about it.
2: And that's actually a great lesson not to make a huge fuss about the food. Just because you're paleo doesn't mean that everybody at the party needs to know that.
0: Exactly. And you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings either. So you just say no, not right now or no, thank you and smile and bring food.
2: Okay, Michelle, so what's the grand lesson here?
0: Be gracious and be a good guest because you can eat as clean as you want, but there is more to life than eating healthy. It's important to have great relationships with people and have connections with people. But if you are a total pain in the butt about what you're eating, no one will want to hang out with you or invite you to parties.
2: It's like that joke. How do you know if somebody's a paleo eater?
0: They'll tell you. I mean, I think that's the same joke about CrossFitters, right? How do you know if someone does CrossFit? (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you. I think it's the same person. The (laughs) paleo-eating CrossFitter is super annoying.
2: (laughs) Who won't shut up about it. Yeah. And that's actually, it was us a few years ago. Yeah. And frankly, we're on a podcast. We still can't shut up about it.
1: Crush of the week.
2: Ollie, what's your crush of the week?
1: It's a song from Adventure Time called Bacon Pancakes. How does it go? Um, it goes like Bacon Pancakes, making bacon pancakes, put some bacon in and put it in a pancake. Bacon Pancakes, that's what it's gonna make, bacon pancakes!
2: Isn't that the song that Hugh Jackman from Wolverine just posted on Instagram? Yeah. Did he do it better or did Jake the dog do it better on Adventure Time?
1: Jake, of course.
2: Have you ever eaten bacon pancakes?
1: Well, I don't think bacon pancakes is a real thing.
2: Did you know that mom has bacon pancake sandwiches as a recipe on her blog?
1: So are the pancakes paleo?
2: It's debatable whether any pancakes are paleo, but they're made with paleo ingredients. So would you eat a paleo bacon pancake sandwich?
1: I just want the pancake part.
2: Not the bacon part? Of course not. You don't like bacon?
1: I like bacon by itself.
2: I see. Foods can't touch each other, right?
1: Of course, I'm a germaphobe.
2: Germaphobe.
1: I'm a germaphobe.
2: Don't worry, we will make sure that no germs get onto your bacon or your pancakes.
1: Good. Owen, what is your crush of the week today? Watermelon. Um, what do you like so much about watermelon? Um, it tastes really good and it's really juicy. Okay. Do you get it, um, do you get it seed-free? I don't even know if there's a such thing as seed-free watermelon. How much of it do you eat? I eat a ton. Like how much a day? A big bowl every day. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Yes, it is. Do you like anything on your watermelon? No, I don't. Lots of people like salt on their watermelon but that's just weird. Yeah, it sounds gross, right? Why would you put salt on your watermelon? Salt is gonna like ruin everything because it's so so salty and watermelon is like super sweet. You're just gonna make something taste like porridge. Gong gong likes it cause it makes it sweeter. How does it make it sweeter? It's salt. I don't know. Yeah, that's just what he says. Do you believe him? No. Good. What is your crush of the week? It's the Glitch Mob. Can you explain to us what the Glitch Mob is? It's electronic dance music by this really,
0: really cool band in LA. And one of the three members is Paleo. It's
1: not a Chinese guy, right?
0: No, it's Justin Bereta.
1: Who's Justin Bereta?
0: He's really awesome. He does. All of
1: them are awesome.
0: They're all awesome. But Justin is paleo, so that makes him even more awesome. But the reason why I have a crush on them is because whenever I have to get work done, their music really keeps me in the zone. And I will keep it on repeat, and it'll get me pumped to finish whatever my deadline is. That sounds pretty cool.
1: When you say you have a crush on them, I always think you're cheating on Dad. What the heck? (laughs) (laughs) No. That is not
0: what I'm talking about. I love their music oh. and I'm sure they're nice people.
1: <laughs> of course. But
0: your, your father is my true love.
1: Gross. Yeah. It's grosser than cat butts. Yeah.
0: Grosser than cat butts. You know, you're the one that brought this up in the first place
1: what I have a cat that's button. enough okay i
0: this is just this is just music that i want to recommend to people if they want to get in the zone like if they are exercising it is great exercise music and also if they're working on something that they need to just keep focused on sure i think the glitch mob is awesome music to have on repeat
1: yeah okay i'll dance to it but it's electronic dance music right so do you actually dance to it i do Good, I know. It's really cute. We'll play it at home and then you will well, start. I do it. I play it. I'm the only guy who plays on Spotify.
0: You play it on Spotify? I play it on Spotify.
1: Well, when we're not here. Yeah. I did more. Okay. I'm like the demon that lives in your soul. What the- <laughs> 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 What does that even mean? <laughs> By the way, here's a sample of the music. Yay! Play
0: it, yeah. We actually got permission from Justin Barretta to play the sample for you guys. Sure, thank you, Justin.
1: question of the week.
2: So Michelle, I know one of the questions that you get all the time is as the mother of two young boys, what do you do with your kids at parties? Do you let them run wild and gobble up everything in sight? Do you put them on a leash and make sure that they don't touch anything that's not "quote unquote paleo approved? Or do you do something in the middle?
0: Well, as we've discussed before on the blog and in our cookbook, we let our kids make their own decisions at parties even if we aren't around.
2: And that's because we also know that most of the time they're eating at home.
0: Yeah, I used to stress about this a lot. But then I realized this is only a small percentage of all their meals. And I control what they eat most of the time. And I control what they eat right before the party. So I can fill them up with a really hearty, nourishing breakfast or lunch before they go to a party and when they're at the party, they probably will just want to play and they won't even really want to eat anything. Lil
2: O tends to have more of a sweet tooth, but he understands that gluten doesn't really sit well with him. Big O actually tolerates gluten better than Lilo does, but he doesn't really like a lot of the sweets that are served up at birthday parties.
0: He does like pizza.
2: He does like pizza. He gets that from me. <laughs>
0: (laughs) But he does understand it's not the healthiest option and that's why we don't serve it at home.
2: But in the end, it's really up to them to decide what goes into their mouths. We're not going to be around forever looking over their shoulder trying to figure out what's okay for them to eat and what's not okay for them to eat. It would be different if they had life-threatening allergies, but at this point, we really want to make sure that they feel empowered to make the right decisions for them.
0: Exactly. And that's what we want for our kids, right? We want them to be independent and learn how to make their own decisions. And we can't be helicopter parents forever.
2: We can just teach them to be mindful of how certain foods make them feel and then make their own choices about whether it's worth it to enjoy those foods once in a while.
0: Right. I certainly don't want them to have a complex or sneak candy and do all sorts of stuff behind my back.
2: They should sneak candy in front of your face.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, if they want to. I mean, I want to see it. You know?
2: Yeah, and a piece of candy isn't the worst thing in the world.
0: I know. I can't believe we just said that on a paleo podcast, but it's true. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, you want to ask the kids what they think?
0: Sure. Let's see
1: what they have to say.
2: So, Ollie, when you go to a birthday party, what do you get to eat?
1: I never get to eat anything because it's never gluten free. They usually just serve me food and vegetables. We do let you make your
0: own choices, right,
1: Ollie? Yeah, but I only really eat gluten.
0: Why? Why don't you eat gluten?
1: Because I have diarrhea and stomach aches.
0: Yeah, so you kind of choose not to, right? Yeah, you too. That is true. We both have problems with gluten. But you know, before we go to a party, we normally eat a really good breakfast or a really nice lunch. Yeah, like an egg. Yeah, are you hungry when you're at these parties? Or you aren't hungry because you've been... I'm pretty hungry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What's worse, being hungry or having
1: diarrhea? Hungry, because having diarrhea makes me not go to school, which is fun. So I just get to hang out at home.
2: Wait, so you like having diarrhea?
1: Well, I don't like it, but it's kind of fun to not go to school.
2: You think you have diarrhea for that long?
1: My longest is like six days.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So when you get home from a party and you're still hungry, what do you get to eat as a treat?
1: Seaweed or like a popsicle.
2: Which do you like better, seaweed or popsicle?
1: I like seaweed. That's not
0: true. (laughs) I like seaweed. I know you like seaweed, but you seem to like popsicles or ice cream better. I
1: like ice cream. (laughs) I know.
0: So that's his treat. After he comes home from a party, he does get to get some ice cream.
1: Can I have some ice cream now?
0: It's not after a party. Sorry. Erg!
1: Hello, Owen. Hi. So everyone wants to know, what do you eat when you go to a party? So at parties, usually, I try to stay away from gluten unless it's pizza, because I really like pizza and it's usually the only thing there. Do I let you eat it? Yes, because we get to choose.
0: I trust you to make your own decisions and to know how you feel after you eat certain foods. And you don't like cake.
1: No, cake is disgusting. Yeah,
0: and you don't like sweets, so I don't stress about it. And then afterwards, I know that we'll go and eat something healthy, so it all works out.
1: Or we can eat some ice cream. No. Yeah, I think that's kind of
0: a daddy and Ollie obsession.
1: Ice cream is gross. So is cake. Popsicles are good. And you love fruit. Yeah. The end.
0: So that's it for this week. This podcast was recorded and produced at Nom Nom Paleo World Headquarters, also known as the dining room in our house, located in the heart of Silicon Valley, 50 feet from Jeremy Lin's parents' house. The Nom Nom Paleo theme song is by Mark Bartels, with additional music by Big O and Politaire. Special thanks this week go to Justin of The Glitch Mob for allowing us to play snippets from our two favorite songs, Fortune Days and We Can Make the World Stop. If you're as big a Glitch Mob fan as me, you should definitely go and check them out in concert. They embark on a world tour starting at the end of May, and you can check out their dates and appearances at theglitchmob.com slash tour.
2: This podcast is supported by Thrive Market, our favorite online destination for wholesome products at wholesale prices. Pay one low membership price and you can shop from over 3,000 healthy, natural products, always 25 to 50% off retail, delivered straight to your door. Right now, if you go to nomnompaleo.com slash thrive, you'll get two months free membership at Thrive Market and an additional 20% off your first order.
0: And in case you're wondering, unless stated otherwise, none of the brands or products mentioned sponsor this podcast. We just talk about the stuff we love. If you like this podcast, we have two favors to ask. First, you can visit us at nomnompaleo.com for show notes, and you can also find hundreds of step-by-step recipes, kitchen tips, snarky writing, and more. We also have an iPad app and a cookbook. More information at nomnompaleo.com.
2: And last but not least, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It helps us to get a sense as to what you like. Join us again next week for more Nom Nom Paleo podcast.
0: Ciao for now.
1: Bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Put some bacon and a put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's going to make. Bacon pancakes.